Hi everybody, hope you're having a great day so far. Before you start today's episode, I just want to give you a small reminder to hit that subscribe button wherever it is that you're listening to today's podcast. And also, if you have the time, if you could feel free to leave us a review, that would help us out tremendously. Uh, there are some weird podcast algorithms that are out there. Uh, too scientific for me to comprehend or explain, but um, it would help us out tremendously if you did that. Thanks for listening to the Northern Nerd Podcast. Well, we have an episode for you this week. I got the wonderful opportunity to sit down with the Nimrods, the giant ski race team, uh, this past Thursday down at the Wissapunk in Stone Lake, and we got to talk about all things giant ski, kind of how they came to be. It's the, essentially their origin story, uh, which will also be showcased later on in a movie format at the Park Theater on February 17th. Um, got to talk about that movie and everything that went into that, but also what they're their training schedule is like and all those finer details that go into just creating a successful giant ski race um, for this team. Uh, fun group of guys to sit down with and uh, I think you'll really enjoy the conversation that we had. Here we go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are live from the Whistle Punk here in Stone Lake. I'm sitting down with uh, the Nimrods, and uh, I'm excited to hear their story tonight, and I hope you are too. So, Nimrods, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, glad to have you guys. That's a fun atmosphere here tonight. Thirsty Thursday happening down at the Whistle Punk. And, um, yeah, I just kind of want to hear how the Nimrods got started. Sure. Well, I... <laughs> We all work at the same office, you know, and and I I transferred back into this area here ten years ago, and when I got here, the office really liked doing a lot of things, you know, a good good crowd of people, and and I was just looking for some other thing that we could do that would be kind of entertaining, and and uh, lo and behold, I saw the the giant ski, you know, thing, so we said, hey, let's do the giant ski thing, and we got a bunch of people together at the office, we decided if we were going to do it, we were going to do it right, and we were going to do it hard. And uh, that's what we've done the whole time. We've changed people a couple times here and there, but it's it's been, uh, we we make a lot more of the giant ski than it probably should be, but we have a lot of fun with it too. Yeah, we've definitely been kind of pushing the envelope on like what the experience can be, hopefully in a fun way for everybody, but definitely a fun way for us. Um, you know, we dress up like a lot of people do, but we also, you know, we're there to win. We train, we, we, we take it fairly seriously, and yeah, it has been a lot of fun, a great way to get everybody together. And I, you, you know, Rick even went to the length of making his own custom set of six-person skis made out of plywood and old skis that he picked out of a dumpster somewhere or something like that. I don't necessarily know where they came from, but they appeared one day. Rick's pretty crafty, it sounds like. Yeah. So, what year did you guys get started with this? Like, what was your guys' first year competing? I want to say it was 2015. Does that yeah, sound right? I think it's right? 2015. That sounds about right, yeah. Yeah, and we've done it every year since. There was a couple canceled events. Um, 
and you know we've we've uh, we've enjoyed a lot of success. Let's just say that. Yeah, it's been a great ride to really understand what giant ski means to me. You have to look at my history in getting here. You know, I've been trying to get on this team for a few years uh, prior to getting on it, but I kind of got shut out. You know, partly the reason was I was from Spooner, and we all know what Spooner does. It it blows, of course, and so I I was I was stonewalled. And so I kind of came to Giant Ski through a back door, and that was through um, actual skiing. And, you know, I put up a good result at the Berkey, and, you know, some folks on the Giant Ski team, I think they didn't say anything ever, but my hunch is that they took notice. And when, um, you know, a very um, legendary member of the team, Derek Sokolowski, took a job in Colorado, it opened up a spot, and I was called to duty. And um, I've never looked back. This has been probably the biggest calling of my life. I um it means everything, really. And, and I will say, you know, I don't want to disclose too much, but there was, he did have to do, endure the initiation ceremony beneath the Stanbury Bridge as we transitioned him from Spooner to Hayward. I would have loved to witness that. It sounds pretty magical. You would not want to see it. You would not? Okay, that's good. <laughs> So when did you guys it's, know it's that? It's more of a deprogramming, really, than an initiation ceremony. Yeah. <laughs> so when when did you guys know that you had something special here with uh, the Nimrod team? I mean, I, honestly, year one, we showed up and and no, you know, spoiler alert, but we won. If we'd gotten embarrassed and laughed, you know, laughed off the course in that first year, I don't know if we would have stuck with it. But we had that immediate success, and so we were like, well, we got to come back and defend. And so, you know, the rest is history. We keep coming back and, and enjoying it. I, I remember that first year, too, there was a bit of a rivalry with the, the bridge inspectors that were a group of uh, a team from another office space that we had a little bit of a rivalry going on with. I think that was the first year, the big bridge. That was the first year we, we, we skied it. I remember that from the first year. Yeah, it was uh, that first year, I think we came in and we didn't know really what to expect. I don't think very many of us really knew exactly what Giant Ski was, you know, but we right. had an idea and watched a couple of the YouTube videos of it. And, and uh, we did have an advantage because, you know, we weren't dressed as cows and we also practiced a little bit. So that really played into it and, and we've had a lot of success since then. We've, we've, failed a couple times you know on it uh, uh, we got uh, beat the one year by the uh, French Toast Mafia out of uh, out of Bayfield it turns out they actually know how to ski there they were the I think they were the Washburn or Bayfield high school ski team and they came in and they were we never tough. we never got the blood test back on if that team was doping or not though so that's still contentious whether or not they actually took that one I mean, they would have had to get their parents' permission probably to have the blood test run. They were children, and they yeah, beat us. Yeah, I think that's why I got thrown out. <laughs> so they were in the wrong. They were in the wrong circuit. They were supposed to be in the junior giant ski. They shouldn't have let them play up with us. Yeah. So what, what's uh, what's you guys' training like? That you have your own set of skis. How do you guys go about training for this? You know, before we even got on the skis, I remember this at our office at lunch. Rick taped off the ideal stride length in the hall and without even being on skis we all walked synchronized down the hall stepping on each green you know piece of tape to make sure that we were 
going to be the right stride length and everything. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's indoor training and outdoor. And then we got out on, on the practice skis, and we try to do a lot with that every winter leading up to the race. Um, I will say that, like, we're not discriminatory in any way, but we are kind of looking for, like, a certain body type. We want big, tall people. We're worried with, with somebody short and the rest of us being tall, we're just going to rip them in half. Um, yeah, you're not wrong there. We, yeah, we made an exception for there. Aaron, but it's because he's particularly limber. I, I try. I try. I would like to say I could still do the splits. Three years ago, I could do the splits. No lie. Um, but, yeah, that was uh, that was something actually pretty big that I had to overcome with this whole ordeal is I actually have to stretch before we do this. Because that hurts. I mean, these guys are all, what, six foot right around there? I'm five six. If I wake up on the right side of the bed. Five five, right? Yeah. If I wake up on the right side of the bed, like five six and a half on a good day, um, but uh, yeah, definitely potentially looking for somebody who's around six foot. But it works out. Yeah, I think the beauty, really, for me, getting involved with Giant Ski is I, this place of living in a four season, uh, four season location has really come to life. And this idea of a lifetime sport, they talk about skiing. Well, I found giant ski is certainly that. I mean, it's all hill bounding in the summer, roller skiing in the fall, we do some kayaking in the spring. It, it all comes back to better strength, better uh, endurance for the giant ski. So, I mean, this four season place, it really lends itself to the training style that we need, I think, to dominate on that, you know, night in the, in the main street. Yeah, and what's, uh, what's race night look like for you guys? What's What's that been like over the years? Well, so we try to, I mean, a lot of it is when you first arrive, there's a lot of time that you spend on Main Street itself, you know, between the chamber office and the race course, just kind of working through and, and frankly trying to intimidate the other ski teams. Um, and yeah, you know, definitely scoping out the competitions. An important yeah, part you got to figure out. We we try. I don't want to give away all the trade secrets, but we we try not to to go first. You know, um, there's a couple reasons for that. We like to see how the other teams are doing, and we don't want to like. I guess some of the teams we don't want to demoralize them either. You know, either because we get out there and and uh, you know we 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 if you're dressed, you know, if you're if you're dressed as, like I mentioned before, cows, or we've had clown competition, we have, people have been dressed as clowns. Princesses. Princesses, um, that type of stuff. And and so that's some varying abilities, and we don't want to, like, you just make them feel like they are they don't have a chance, you know, right away. And uh, But then after that, it's uh, it's after we feel like we've made our you know, presence known, it's into anglers for a quick shot and, and uh, then get ready to race. I think lane placement's super important too because this isn't a level course as much as it may seem. A lot of times you've got maybe the right lane veers off a little bit to the right or to the center. So lane placement is super important to keep an eye on on the fast track and try and position ourselves with and, the best chance to get that first time. And after time. competing in this for so many years, do you guys get lane preference or do they just put you in wherever they put you in? Well, we should. Uh, I think that's that. That's a good idea, Don. I'm glad you're putting that out into the conversation here, and I hope the Berkey Race coordinators are listening. Um, yeah, you know, it's it, there's there's some perks to being the reigning champ. Certainly, you know, you get to yuck it up a little bit more, and uh, you know, you get some sponsorship attention. Uh, that happened last year, which was which was pretty funny. 
Um, but I think it's, it's I intense. think when you when you look at the big races, the Cordy and the Berkey, there's an elite wave for a reason, and that's so that you don't get you know gummed up with the the lesser skiers. So it, it's it's there for a reason, and I think that's something that maybe should be considered in future races. But once you get on that starting line, and, and you know a lot of what we're saying tonight, hopefully people can tell it's a little tongue in cheek, but like. I get legit butterflies from giant ski that in a way that I never got playing other sports, varsity sports, whatever, growing up. Like, there's an intensity to it because that race is going to be 40 seconds long. Yeah. And if you mess up once, there is no coming back from it. You know, it's not it's not like other sports where you can recover. It's It's got to be perfect. It, it is... Uh it is there is some jockeying for position you kind of learn which lane looks a little better you know and 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 the there's oftentimes there's a crown to the to the lanes and so if you're not careful you can very easily end up heading toward the sidewalks uh, usually usually where people get in trouble is front of tremblays um, that's the spot Right it is not of, the sweet spot yeah, during the it's, race. I don't know. It, it's it's not real. It's sweet inside, but it's not real sweet right in front. Right. If you're not careful for some reason right there, I don't know why, that'll start. Well, actually, maybe that is why, because you actually start getting pulled toward Tremblay's. Yeah, that's um, how they get you. Yeah, I guess so. And, and we, <laughs> so we have strategy to that on, it, it, as you can imagine, having six people on a set of skis, it's really hard to steer, but we... Like Jimmy, for example, he's usually in the front. Uh, big, strong guy can kind of pull us one way or another. Communication is a is another part of it that we do. But yeah, like Max said, you just get you're on that starting line and you've done all these things. You've figured out which lane you need to be in there. You got jockeying for position. And when it's when you're standing there right before go time, I think part of it is, like you said, you just have this 40 second run and you got to do it and you can't fall. But the other part of it is you have five other people that you don't want to screw up and 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 mess it up for them either. So you're uh, there's just just kind of an intensity to it that is honestly kind of surprising for just a fun little race down a down a main street in Hayward. Right. And what and what's your guys' like typical attire? So you're not like overheating while you're doing it, but not getting too cold that before the race like you freeze up. What do you guys typically wear for? Um, your game day attire. You know, we're wearing a lot of performance wools. Um, <laughs> Aerodynamic Stormy Chromers that we had specially made up. Great point, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the one thing that everybody's had that I think really helps the team, other than Jimmy, is that we all can grow beards. You know, um, I honestly think the beards that can help. Yeah. You know, absolutely. I mean, it fits right into the fact that we are the Nimrods. Jimmy's working on it, right? We've got him trying some different oils and some different things right now. But, I mean, yeah, he's uh, he's getting there. But I think that is one big thing that we do have to, you know, consider is growing the beards out. Yeah, you know, one of the challenges being out on that main street and exposed in February is that that cold. And Absolutely. really that's, that's where that angler's fireball and a little bit of respite from that cold always helps out before usually our second run. Right. But, yeah, I've, I've almost withered away between those heats because you really put it all on the line and, you definitely need that fireball to come back. Absolutely. Yeah, get a nice little liquor blanket there, so it, stay it, warm the best you can. Whether it really helps you, the perception is all that it's about. You right, know? exactly. <laughs> we're actually, I think we're dressed pretty good for this. Um, uh, we're, you know, being the Nimrods, we are we are capable outdoors people. I mean, that's kind of where the name comes from. And 
And with that, it's, it's uh, flannels, it's wool pants, it's uh, work boots, you know, uh, the chromers. We do, most of that is Teflon coated, but it is, you know, it, it's still the type long underwear. Uh, it's the type of, uh, type of uniform that's pretty good for a multitude of, of conditions out there. So, yeah, it, it is, it's, it's purpose built. We, we have found out that muck rubber boots are not ideal footwear several times, which, which has resulted in not our best finishes with people becoming removed from their boots during the race. So we, I think in the future we've got to definitely look at standardizing footwear choices. Yeah, team policy, you have to be laced in because you get wrenched around in so many different directions. If you are in a slip-on boot, we had one team member just get absolutely tossed right out, and uh, it's tough. But now one thing that we have done is some of us have, you know, wore muck boots or rubber boots, for that matter, for practicing, and, you know, that essentially hones our skills in staying into those, those bindings when it comes time to race day, so that has definitely helped. Yeah. And do you guys have, like, any rivals right now in the giant ski game? Well, I mean, when you're at the top, everybody wants a shot at you. So, you know, everybody kind of, you know, considers themselves our rivals. Haters going to hate. That's right. There's a handful of teams we take pretty seriously. Um, there's a lot of people that are out there to just have fun, and that's great. And, you know, we're not trying to step on what on their parade. But, uh, yeah, a lot of it is, is other offices that have been in it for a few years and have come up, come close and, and, and want to take us off our perch and and yeah there's there's definitely some good rivalries developing down there on main street part of it is that you look at us and we're on unassu- we're an unassuming group of of men and uh we look humble we look capable but we also make it look like other people could do it too and i think people get a sense that we can come in and look at these guys what what do they do what can they do we can do it just as good or better and i think it it has enticed some teams to join but usually to their falter and there's like legit skiers that are putting teams together like the you know didn't the world lop it they had a team a couple years ago a legitimate ski team from california came and yes like real teams and they're probably the only thing slowing them down is they haven't had a chance to practice obviously they're very good athletes but you know we're the we're the we're the home field advantage team right we're right here in hayward we're practicing on this specific snow not that not that California snow that's not real snow um, so the, so the other far, part of that too is you strap five other people on your pair of skis and it doesn't matter how good of a skier you are if one of them you got to have good team chemistry yeah definitely it, it really is kind of the ultimate team sport yeah. ultimate know? team sport. there's not six individuals out there for sure it's it's definitely a team and um, so is there is there a trophy that travels every year or like how do so you win first place right but like what's the is there a prize at all this was a real shock to us dalton because the first year we did it you know we're like amazed we we won we can't believe it we showed up we won we practiced we actually achieved this thing you know they called our names we came right down in front of um in front of high ho silver there and here's your prize and they unwrap this package of coffee mugs and they hand one to each of us and it says giant ski first place and 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 that's it the trophy's a coffee mug um there was a rumor that first year that the coffee mug was was refilled for free at any establishment in hayward 
and we showed up to anglers and immediately found out that was not true. That was a lie. Um, so it's yeah, we have we all have a little collection of first place coffee mugs, and and that's that's it. That's that's how the event has been handled. So, would you like there to be like a Lombardi style trophy for this event, or like uh, a championship belt? Yeah, yeah. Ideally, that's exactly what would it be, and we'd like to have our names retroactively put on there for all our previous wins. Obviously. Um, Maybe the trophy's named after, you know, kind of a veteran luminary of the sport, a Rick Peters, potentially. You know, the Peters Cup. Yeah. I'll just be the first one to say it, so any other idea won't be as good as that in the future. Well, we might be unassuming. We certainly are prideful. And this disappointment of the prize given out did lead us to developing and creating our own shrine that we've enshrined our office space with, and that's, you know... I mean, it's a beautiful display. In fact, it's right up at the main office, and um, we've got a lot of compliments on it. Visitors to the office are always wondering, what is that beautiful display back there with those two skis and all those first-place giant ski mugs on it? It's just been a real talk of the office. Yeah, it's a good conversation starter. And the whole thing is, you know, people, when you're not from Hayward, people are always, oh, Berkey, Berkey, what do you, you know, do you do Berkey? And we, it's fun to be able to say, yeah, no, no, not only do we do Berkey, We've won Berkey events. We're multiple, you know, four-time winners of a Berkey event. Yes. And then you have to go a little deeper and explain what exactly that event is, but it's it's all a lot of fun. I'm really glad the event exists and, and that we've gotten to be part of it. So many years down the road, do you guys envision yourselves being in the Berkey Hall of Fame? They, they have a museum, you know, so one day. At at this point, we're just. Uh, our first goal is to have a photo of us at uh, at Perkins. Um, that's where that's where we're headed first. And I can respect that. After that, you know, we're gonna we're gonna move on to the, you know, the Berkey Museum and that type. Of, I think there's a legitimate chance. I mean, this sport has uh, grown from 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 like 14 teams in the time that we've started. This event has grown from 14 teams to, I think, last year it had 16 teams. The growth of the sport is pretty legendary right now. They have a youth giant ski race. <laughs> we're working on that. We're working on, yeah, you know, recruitment is really big because, you know, we're not going to ski this forever, so we are looking for that next generation of talent and where that's going to come from. Obviously, we'd like it to be right here in Hayward. Um, you know, we want to call ourselves world champs, so if we do hear about giant ski races anywhere else in the world, we'll, we'll probably throw the skis on top of Rick's truck, and we'll go there, and we'll race them. Um, but until then, yeah, we are, you know, four-time world champion giant skiers. It feels good. Yeah, we'll race, you know, just like anybody, we'll race for skis. You bring your skis, we'll bring ours, and winner takes all, you know. Um, I frankly don't know anyone else that has skis, so... And if you did, you'd take them. We'd take them. Yeah, it'd be yeah. Forty seconds later, those skis would be ours. Yes. And, and then we'd probably fuse them with our current skis, get six more guys, and invent Uber Giant Ski or something. Twelve person. We could do it. That'd be some next level stuff. <laughs> so you guys, you guys also have a, a movie being released here right before Berkey. Can you tell us about that a little bit? Yeah, and, and obviously at this point in the podcast, people have probably figured out that, you know, we, we have a lot of fun with this. We're willing to take it to the nth degree. You know, however ridiculous we can be with this, we'll do it. And so after last year's race, 
literally right after the race, I had this idea, and I texted the guys. I was like, we should make a movie about ourselves. And they were all texting back, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I couldn't even sleep that night. I stayed up and I wrote two-thirds of the script for this movie the night of the race last year. And we've just gone around town filming giant ski culture, telling the story, and sort of the way we've done tonight, but there'll be a lot more in the movie, and just kind of encapsulating what this is in a way that we think other people can really have fun with. Because the whole event's fun, we're having fun with it, the movie's going to be a lot of fun. Um, the whole town's been great about making cameos, and we've got, you know, the Angry Minnows in it, and New Moon, and Dalton's in it, and here we are at Whistlepunk, and so it's going to kind of be a nice showcase for our community and a showcase for a fun event. And the storylines, I, I think I would, I'm willing to say it's about 40% fact, 60%, you know, kind of embellishment and creating some mythology around it. Um, so, it's yeah, it's been a lot of fun, and, and I hope people from the community come out and enjoy it. And uh, is that on, that's on February 17th, correct? Yes, so we're doing a showing on February 17th for sure, and there's talk of maybe another showing during Berkey Week, but put, put February 17th on the calendar, come out. Um, it's going to be at the Park Center, 7.30 p.m., and um, we're going to do it for a good cause, too. This isn't because we want to be movie stars. We want to be giant ski champions. We can't be both, um, but we're going to do it for a good cause here. Yeah, so what's the, what's the cause that you guys are doing it for? Yeah, so... Um, we had a coworker in our office named Larry Gladowski, and a lot of people around town will know that name because he was very involved in the community. And for those of us who aren't from Hayward, like myself, you know, Larry's one of those people that was kind of like your guide to Hayward. And he was right across the hall, and anytime I needed anything, you know, Larry, who's a good person to work on my roof? Larry, you know, what do I do for this? Where do I go? You know, he was always that friendly person that, that got me into the community. He never skied with us, but he always supported our shenanigans. He was always the first one to hear about what happened at the event and have a big smile about it. Larry passed away a few years ago. Um, one thing about Larry is, is, is he led our wildland firefighter efforts for this part of the state. And so we thought it'd be cool to make a donation to the Wildland Firefighter Do Foundation in Larry's name from any of the money we make from the showing. And it'll be a free will donation. People come. Enjoy the movie, give a few bucks in Larry's name. We'll give it to the foundation to support firefighters and their families. And just a good way to remember a good person who really enjoyed all this silliness and, and was an awesome member of our office and, and a, I think a mentor really for, for all of us Nimrods. Yeah, that's really special and that's awesome that you guys are doing that. Um, I remember Larry just from when I was in middle school, just joining the old man basketball in the morning he was always there and like would just give little pointers and things like that and always ask about how school was going so i think it's really cool that he had a impact on so many lives around him and uh just a truly special person so again that's that's terrific that you guys are doing that the night of the movie and as i'm working on the movie and we're making our jokes and we got all this you know giant ski footage and stuff i can just see larry smiling and he would have been right in the front row he would have really enjoyed this so um you know I'm, I'm sure he'll be able to take it in, in 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 some way, shape, or form, and we'll be thinking about him that night. Yeah, that's you know that's that's Larry. When I think about what we're doing here with this, and even even this interview is, Larry would be in the background. He'd love the whistle pump, and he'd be in the background just just really enjoying the kind of the joke 
that's that's here and we did that stuff at the office and and giant ski was a big part of that and just shaking his head out on how how serious we acted like we took it you know and just yeah enjoying the making joyful moments out of nothing in life you know and and just putting yourself out there and joining a novelty ski race kind of on a whim which rick had us do i mean that's that's what it's all about especially when you live in a little town like this and the winters get long and the backs hurt from snow shoveling you got to find those joyful moments and so you know giant ski is one and we've tried to create even more by by making this movie and kind of building up the culture around it yeah i'm really excited to see it and um happy that i was asked to be a part of it too so I can't Obviously. wait for the premiere. Yeah, it's gonna I, be it's gonna be a fun night. I just want to point out, you know, everybody's got talents on the team and, and bring stuff too. But um, Max, he, he will downplay this, but Max brings a lot of championship experience. Um, I believe he he won a cow chip throwing contest at at one point. Uh, uh, pig wrestling. Pig, pig, pig wrestling. wrestling pig yeah, wrestling. Okay. Related event. Yep. Yeah, and he also, I can't remember the year, but if you look on the board, he actually won the Savage Dash in Spooner. By a pretty big margin, I, I if I remember correctly, This is too. a story for another podcast, Dalton, for okay. sure. Um, but, yeah, all kind of in the same spirit. I think that was right before we started Giant Ski, Rick. We were chasing that high, you know. We, we had this, this this experience at Jack Pine Savage Days, and we said, hey, what else can we do? And so that led right into Giant Ski. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's if you look on the piece of paper, Max won, and that's really all that counts. Yes, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about that at this point, but, yeah, you know, I'll just kind of, like, to, to go back to the movie thing, it's been awesome. Like, every business we've walked into around town, They've been puzzled at the first when we say, this Maybe. is what we're doing. Would you be willing to say this on camera? But we, every single person has gotten on board eventually. I think they, Hi-Ho Silver might have been also mildly concerned about our loitering and right in front of the door there that one day for about 45 minutes. They might have been <laughs> a little concerned about what was going on. The, the police never showed up, so they must not have made the call, but... Yeah, we were doing man-on-the-street interviews right in front of their, their showcase. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, we went into Glicks. We went into, you know, New Moon. i got to give a shout-out to James Nets, the photographer. He's got his shop downtown. When we were looking at doing this project, I was like, we got to get some good footage. And I went to James, and he was amazing. He said, how much do you want? He's like, he has hundreds of, of clips of giant ski. So we got some really beautiful-looking stuff. It's not just us with a, a handy cam we've got really well shot um footage of what happens downtown so even if you've never been to giant ski come on out and you'll get a really good sense of kind of what this all is yeah um ben pop from the berkey um the chamber you know they've all i, I think they've all caught in a little bit of this uh what we're trying to do here that 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 it's fun and it gets the word out and and giant ski is a fun event to attend it, it, it really, really is. It really is, and and if we can get some more people down there on Main Street and 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 enjoying the business of seeing what Main Street has to offer, then that's a good thing too. Mm -hmm. um, we certainly have fun doing it. I think the other the other teams, which are largely local businesses, you know, employees, they get together and say, hey, let's do this, you know, um, and it is a lot of fun. And if you're if you're a spectator, it's fun to see people 
struggle with it and and you know fall over and get back up and, and laugh and all that kind of stuff but it's also fun to see two or three teams that have that can do this you know and 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 make it look like challenging people it people actually have to if they're gonna us and a couple other teams they have to run alongside of us you know in order to keep up with us on six people on a set of skis and that's a challenge and people people get into that too it's just like i said it's a fun event uh businesses the chamber berkey everyone has really helped us out with it too yeah that's really awesome the response that you guys have gotten with not only just the the movie side of it but just when it comes to race day and things like that that's that's pretty special um, how did you guys feel when uh, Ice Mountain approached you last year? Like, how did that all come together? That was really interesting. Um, I, I would say I was pretty happy about the whole thing. Um, it led to, I feel, a really good partnership and sponsorship um, of Ice Mountain to us. And I think that it's be interesting to see what happens this year. Whether they stay with us is really going to be dependent on our performance and success. But, I mean, we've locked in a pretty lucrative um, pretty lucrative offer with them and I uh, I just it was a little tough getting everyone on board with everything but um, so far so good and I, I hope we can really rally around the sponsorship and continue it Paul is Paul is such an awesome spokesperson he's obviously ready for 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 taking that to the next level but like just peeling back the layers here it is so funny the way the universe works that these promotional people from Ice Mountain just walked up to the giant ski event, didn't have any idea who they were talking to, and the team they approached is us. The team that is gonna take all of this way too seriously, the team that's gonna you know, take this as far as we possibly can, they were like taken aback at how quickly we got on board with, with what they wanted us to do. I mean, we're throwing on this Ice Mountain stuff we're talking about like you know what when are we doing our tv commercial and they're like whoa 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 hold on we just we just want to take a couple pictures of you guys uh, so it's too funny i mean they could have walked up to any team but they walked up to us and it was it was perfect would you would you guys say the next step is a uh, wheaties box after this well I, yeah i think there's there's things like that i think uh, you know there's there's opportunities that we wouldn't turn down like if Minwax polyurethane were to were to offer us something based on you know these skis and and um, and what we use, I mean I think we could make a, a good argument versus uh, satin versus flat and that type of stuff for the poly on these skis. Uh, I think there's things that we could we would we would think about it. You know we would discuss it as a team. We're not going to make any decisions rashly, and it has to be something that that really fits in with our image and, and what we want to present to the public as well. We're not going to just, well, yeah, we are. We, we would just sell out if somebody wanted us to. Reality TV show, all that kind of stuff. You said it. We didn't. <laughs> That'd be entertaining. I will say the publicity that this, the movie and all this stuff is, is, is uh, adding a little extra pressure this year. I think that's that's one of my concerns personally going into the uh, the 2023 giant ski season here is the uh, little bit of additional pressure that's been added. Oh, the nerves are always high when you line up on Main Street. There's the your performance. There's the accountability to your teammates. There's the how will we walk away from this thing, hopefully upright. And then on top of that now is this whole buzz around this, you know, 
giant ski fever that we have here. Giant ski Berkey fever. Yeah. So I, I would say I, usually it's a layer of 90 degrees of excitement. This is 100 degrees of excitement this year. Yeah, I'd say the, the crowd is pretty electric uh, the night of giant ski race. Just from the number of years I've been down there and seen you guys compete the past couple of years, it's it's been pretty fun. But uh, do you guys have any parting messages to Nimrod Nation uh, before we sign off this podcast today? Well, you know, I know, like, and I think this is, Jimmy kind of hit on this too, is people expect a lot of the Nimrods. We've really... We've really presented uh, a, a, a challenge to the other teams. You know, we're we're four-time champions. We uh, we fin- we've never finished less than second at this thing. There there is a chance that people are going to start coming in and 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 doing good at this too, and, and really presenting a challenge to us. But you know, we promised Nimrod Nation that you are going to see the best that you're going to see um, from from this team. I will tell you this. I believe this this is going to be the strongest Nimrod team that we've had in a while. We had a rookie on board last year. I don't think it worked out like it, it could have, um, but I think we've got somebody lined up this year that is just gonna gonna really surprise folks. Uh, um, out of stater, you know, came in here, uh, good good tall lanky guy. Um, I'm I'm really looking forward to this. Young gun, but a big, but a big gun. We forecast. I like it. All Hogan or somebody coming in, right? Yeah. No, I guess if I had to say one thing, um, it's to those who don't think you can't do it. You definitely can. I mean, look at me. I'm five five on a good day, right? Even the short people can do this. You know, it's possible. So you don't have to be six foot and a giant. I think, honestly, Dalton, at this point, our biggest challenge, especially with all the extra hullabaloo we've created, is we can't forget to sign up. That's a big part of it. Okay. That would be bad. Um, and then we can't forget to pick up our bibs on race day. That always seems to be a thing for us, too. As we, we, it's always a scramble right before. But, um, yeah, a lot of, lot of fun stuff going on around the event this and year. I think we're going to try and get there a little earlier this year to sign autographs. Oh, yeah. There may be, like, a press conference or some autographs yeah. or something. Um, yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, I appreciate you guys uh, taking time out of your evening and coming down to the Whistlepunk to record this episode. It's been, it's been a lot of fun sitting down with you guys, and I wish you the best of luck in the giant ski race this year. Thanks for having us, Dalton. Thanks for being in the film, and hopefully we'll see lots of people at the park. Yeah, thanks a lot. It's, it, it'll be fun. Thanks for tuning in to the latest episode of the Northern Nerd Podcast. Feel free to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and subscribe to us on Apple Music and Spotify Music so you know when our latest episode of the Northern Nerd Podcast is coming out. That about does it for us, so continue to be kind to one another, and we'll see you around town.